This is Lunch in the Xterra with Zach and Trevor. This is our third episode. Today we're going to be talking about Fords, Chevys, and Dodges. Yeah! <laughs> so, let's start with what our favorite from first to third of those vehicles are. Rank? Yeah. Um... I, I like where Ford's going with their trucks more, so I'm going to go Ford in first. Um, Chevy, they're pretty much staying the same. Um, I like the drivetrain reliability more, but mm-hmm. still Chevy's in second because they're they're not really doing much in my head with their trucks. As for Ford, they're coming out with the Ford Ranger Raptor, which is bad butt, and then Dodge's in third. I don't have any. I don't have any um, dirt against Dodge, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm the same way entirely. I have no dirt against any of the companies, but I would go Ford, Chevy, Dodge as well. Um, Dodge just because it's a little less known. I know Dodge well. There's also the Toyota. Tr- Toyota makes a decent truck, actually. The little half half tons, I think they are. Yeah, the Tundra and the, the yeah, Tacoma. The Tundra. The, the Tacomas especially, I like those a lot. They're very nice vehicles. They look nice, but they, they don't really do much. They can only tow 5,000 pounds. Yeah, see, that's the thing with that with Toyota. That's why it wasn't like a featured part on this podcast, just because they really don't have that strength to them. They're just kind of yeah. a lesser... I don't want to say they're a lesser truck. It's just that they're not made to do what the others are. But I'll um, give it to them. They are a pretty sexy looking truck. Yes, it is a very, very pretty truck. Um, and Fords are at the top of my list, especially because of the way they look and the company's history. Like, because Ford, um, Henry Ford revolutionized the car. It, he didn't invent the car itself, but he revolutionized it, made it available for the modern man. Yep. For the everyday man. Um and Chevys are really nice as well. Um, I have nothing against. I remember your father owns that really nice Chevy. What what kind of truck is that? It is a 2015 Chevrolet Silverado. Um, it has the trailer towing package. It has basic seats, but they're heated seats. And it's pretty nice inside, premium sound system. I think most cars nowadays come with heated seats, don't they? Most of them. Yeah, most of them in South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's because we have that unpredictable weather here. We just the weather does what it wants and it doesn't even think twice. Like Yeah. It just snowed the other day for no reason. Like, all right, let's snow. We're Trevor, getting we're getting three inches overnight tonight. Oh god. Oh yeah. Uh, we have to Actually, go that'll be home fun though. And cover up the snowmobiles. <laughs> oh crap. But Regardless, that'll be fun. Yep. Messing around in the snow is always fun. Heck yeah. Especially in this parking lot. Especially here. Always. And you can do that whenever, as long as the dirt's not packed down too much. Yep. But that's really hard on your tires. That reminds me, I need to do the sway bar on the Honda. Yep. So, what's your favorite Ford truck, Trevor? My favorite Ford truck is the F650. Like, like, not like the 650s that are built, like, they're custom ordered. They are huge. They are six-door trucks. Wow. They've got six doors, so they're awesomeness. They're huge. 
I don't remember the towing capacity, but they're gigantic. Oh, I'm sure. But if, uh, like, an average one, it would just be this simple F-150, um, 2000 and, uh, I think, t- 2000 and, not 2000, 1989 and before are all good ones in the F-150 range, just because you of You like how the boxier looking look. Yes, look. I prefer the boxy look, but there's an extent... The Ford Flex is not my cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Um, not at all. Like, Jeeps, I have no problem with Jeeps. I like Jeeps a lot, too. They mm-hmm. go. And that's the thing. I do have a preference on vehicles. Or I have a personal preference towards working on the Hondas. They're, they're just a little easier. Oh, and yeah. And the older vehicles are way easier than anything. You go older, you get easier. But Hondas in general, I just have a preference to work on. They're just easier to work on. Fords can get a little odd. Like, um... When, oh, with their new EcoBoost engine now? Oh, yeah. And I remember when we were working on the Escape, we had so much trouble. We had to take off the intake manifold. Uh, just to get to the rear cylinder. Just, just to get there. That have was you ever heard of that? <laughs> like, no, it's usually just you take off... Like, on my Honda, the... It's an inline four, and it goes horizontally across the engine. All you have to do is undo a few bolts, and you can take off the wiring harness for the coils, and then you can just pop the coils right out. Other, well, I think they have a bolt, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. that goes with them. And then the engine, um, the engine head isn't that much harder to get off either. It's just bolts, and but when you put that back on, you have to make sure you tension those, I believe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to have some problems. <laughs> you want to see the problems right away. Um, once you get a couple heat cycles in, you could blow your head gasket because it's not clamped down properly. Yeah. Um, generally, the torque spec is working from the inside out or the outside in. Mm-hmm. Generally, inside out to get that nice, even compression on the head gasket. And believe it or not, the torque isn't really that much for the head bolts. Wait, before you say it, let me guess. Is it 50 pounds of pressure? Oh, it's specific to every car. Well, Uh, around there, like 50 to 100 around that area. Yeah, um, 120 probably foot pounds. Um, But what happens is is you, you work up in the torque spectrum, so you'll go from like 30 foot pounds to... Once you get all those done, then torque them to 60 foot-pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, I understand. Um, <laughs> here's a little Jeep coming through this little patch we've got here. <laughs> looks like he's going to hit it. No. He's having, he looks. It looks like he just bought it. Yeah, it's 2018. Yeah. Brand new Jeep. He probably just <laughs> drove it off a lot. <laughs> Um, so yeah go ahead i would say that my favorite ford truck is the f-150 raptor mostly because of its stance and its clunkiness but i don't i don't like that if you were to go down a trail in the f-150 raptor it's not that very versatile when it comes to like driving through the woods or on four-wheeler trails or crap like that whereas in like let's say if you were to get when they come out in the u.s the ranger raptor um 
those are smaller, more yeah. compact, and you can fit down more trails than the F-150 Raptor. Because F-150 Raptor is a huge truck. Yeah, <laughs> F-150s can get pretty sizable. Um, the older ones are smaller, but they they yep. they look smaller, but they they are a bigger truck. So if you go Ranger to Ford, they're uh, uh not yeah the Ranger to the F one fifty the F one fifty is almost twice the size. Oh yeah, e- easily nowadays that's twice. But oh yeah, then it was a little closer. I'd bet. Um, it's it's really a nice area. To I I like Fords a lot just especially because of that history that just makes me ha- it just makes me all warm inside so that dodges what what do you think about what's your favorite dodge um uh, da, da, da. dodge ram same thing <laughs> dodge i don't i don't know too much about dodge actually i don't i know there is an older dodge that they make i like that a lot I don't remember what it's called. I think no, I don't have a clue. It was it was a it was a Dodge my grandfather owned. It was just perfect. It was an old stick shift, just the right amount of boxiness, just the right amount of roundness. It was amazing little truck. Yep. Trevor thought about buying a big black Dodge that was lifted and a dually and oh yeah, the Dodge um, Cummins. I really, I really did think about that, but and, then a and, and the tire spikes on that. Remember? Oh yeah, remember the tires? No, I would never want to deal with those tire spikes when I had to take off the wheels. I wouldn't even want to. There's like what it would take to jack that thing up. Like you'd have to have something that could go really high up and then jack it. Oh yeah, to freaking replace the wheels or do anything with the tire rods or suspension. Yeah. It'd just be hell. It wouldn't... It'd just be so difficult. I mean, even with our jack, the Xterra's only lifted two and a half inches, right? Yeah. And um, three inches in the back, two and a half in the front. Anyway, um, even with the Xterra, small small SUV, compact SUV, I have to take a block and put it under... And I, I have a pretty nice jack it's not like one of those compact jacks that it's a pretty nice jack what kind of jack do you have harbor freight special one of those blue ones um um double piston pump nice it's a nice jack is would i guess let's move right into tools so i personally don't always trust harbor freight just because when i was talking to my instructor when i was looking at going to college um, he said that I should not buy Harbor Freight because they're dangerous. But from what I've seen and what you've said to me is that they're really... They, I bet they could be, but I also think they're just not as tolerant to mistreatment. You've got to treat yeah. them like... you got to use them how they're meant to be used. See, like, I have a, I have a Harbor Freight impact wrench, the Earthquake brand. Um, I do as well, actually. Yep. Um, and... I have found that getting the torque, com- the not the torque converter, excuse me, the uh, harmonic balancer bolt out is the hardest thing in the Xterras because um, you've got to fit in a small place in between the air conditioning condenser and the, um, and of course the torque converter bolt. And that is a small compact impact wrench. 
just took it right off. DeWalt couldn't take it off. <laughs> Air impact wrench couldn't take it off. That impact wrench, little battery battery powered half inch impact wrench, <laughs> took it right off. Just like we're done by. Yep. And I charge that thing probably once a month, once every other month. It lasts a long time on a battery. Yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to get out and use mine just yet. It's relatively new. I I do like it a lot. I. To be fair, I have never used an impact wrench before either, so I think it's nice, but I really haven't used it just yet. Mm. It looks nice and feels kind of nice, and I got it charged up here. As soon as I get the money together to do the sway bars, I'm going to try it out. Whether I need it or not, I'm trying it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of, not to tighten them down. I'm not that dumb. I'm going to undo bolts with that. That's That's really what I believe those tools should be used for not to tighten stuff down so what what is your favorite tool my personal favorite tool um i i'd have to say that would be my vice grips i like i like the vice grip um the i think you'd call them pipe wrenches i like the, the vice grip pipe wrenches a lot oh yeah that you can you can do anything with those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then I'm I'm way I'm way biased to vice grip. I love those tools so much. They're my all time favorite tools. I love I love Irwin's stuff. Just yep. I I also love Craftsman a lot. I Snap on I haven't had enough experience yet to tell what I think of them, but I know they're pr the top brand in the field. So yeah. I do believe that I'm going to enjoy them. So I'm going to, when I go to school here soon, I'm going to inherit a bunch of Snap-on and Irwin tools to go to college with. So I'll get the chance to decide what I like, my craftsman or the Irwin or the uh, Snap-on better. So yeah. Me personally, like wrenches wise, um, ratchet wrench wise, I'm way biased to craftsman because... I've tried Stanley, you know, Walmart brand. Um, yeah. I've tried Harbor Freight brand. We've tried, what else? I don't know that we've tried Snap-on, but Craftsman by far. Um, the tooth count for me has a lot to do with everything because when you're working in a tight spot, you don't want to be ratcheting on something and then not have enough travel to get to the next tooth in the ratchet yeah. wrench. And that's a big thing for me and then craftsman it just feels more like quality and i don't like the newer craftsman ratchet wrenches that have the rounded handles yeah. i like the older ones that you know and i use them as hammers <laughs> like, hey, yep, you don't want to get up off the ground to get a hammer so you just you've got a ratchet wrench in your hand start whacking it on no, stuff no you gotta remember when you break tools that's usually how it happens when you're mistreating tools that's the thing if you're just using them as they're supposed to and you go and move on to the next thing and the next thing as soon as you start doing what we like to do and bash tools and use them as hammers that's when things get broken I mean, there was, there was one bolt on an exhaust manifold once that I could not get to. Like, the body was in the... The fender well was in the way of the very last bolt, of course. Mm. It's the last bolt that hangs you up for hours. Um, so, I took a ratcheting wrench. A ratcheting mm. wrench. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, it looks 100%. exactly like a wrench except it ratchets. 
Um, yep, I know exactly what they are. <laughs> I stuck it in a metal forge. Um, I lit one of the burners in the metal forge, and I once it got red hot, I took it to the uh, I took it to the anvil, the anvil, and hammered it down and put a nice little bend in it, and then it got the bolt right off. So it did a job. <laughs> now I can't use it for anything else because it gets in the way. <laughs> it's just no, it has to be used for this one yep. specific job. So now there's a 14 millimeter ratcheting wrench just sitting right there. It is a. Sp- it's a now a specialty tool. Yep. Um, my my pre- I, my favorite specialty tool at the moment would be an oil wrench. I love oil wrenches. They just as long as you have the right like I'd like to say specifically the ones that you um that are grippable. They're adjustable. You don't have you don't yeah have like the band. I like those. Those work better in my opinion, but. You have to get the right size. See, me and oil wrenches, if I were to work on other people's cars, I would have an oil wrench. But me personally, I never really have a need for oil wrenches because I'm one of those people that knows um, when you tighten an oil filter, it just goes snug and a little more. You don't crank down like Hulk or else you're never getting it off. (laughs) And there's no need. It's a rubber gasket. It's a rubber O-ring that goes around there. And then... Like you don't want to get stuck to the oil pump, and yeah, my my entire reasoning for having them is because when I get under there, I get a little confused and I tighten it the wrong way, and mm. I tighten it instead of untighten it, and then I get it so darn tight that I need to get the oil wrench out and do it. It's a just in case tool that I tighten it or I encounter something that is way too tight to get off. Exactly. Um, for me though. My favorite just-in-case tool would be, um, I would say a compression tester. Because, let's say you just bought a car that doesn't run and it doesn't start. Well, it does start, it runs rough, it has a dead cylinder or something. And you go and you flip the coils around and, or, you know, you know what I mean. And the misfire doesn't follow. Um, or change the spark plug, misfire isn't fixed. Change the injector, misfire isn't fixed. Um, if you can get a compression tester on there, it just like, it makes you so much more comfortable if you can see the compression is good. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know you're not wasting your time on this motor. Because the four rules of uh, engine work is spark, compression, um fuel fuel and the last one was oxygen oxygen so that's your four if if the engine is not getting one of those fours it's not going to want to run or it's going to be running wrong yeah like the xterra for years um the first rebuild we had a cylinder slightly at around so it wasn't getting quite as much compression as it should have on cylinder six so it, it had a misfire at idle on cylinder six. Mm-hmm. So we we tested it every now and then, and it was only getting up to 80, 90 PSI, which is not enough to make it run right. But like second rebuild, um, it's only had two rebuilds. It's had junkyard motors before that. Um, it ran just fine, so... Mm-hmm. 
Well, we're running out of time here. Lunch is almost over, so we ought to be heading back to school. It is. Yep, we're late. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Well, we'll see you on the next podcast. Have a lovely day.